0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who believes that the mint flavor does not belong in any candy, Brendan Siegel. How you
1: doing? I'm doing wonderful. I stand completely by this take. Mint sucks in every single way. It should only be in toothpaste. Uh, what Trevor's referencing, yesterday we did a stream on my Twitch, twitch.tv, SP Ravens, if you want to you know, check it out. I play video games sometimes. So, we did a stream, we tried some chicken sandwiches, we did a ranker of uh, some candy, uh, and Trevor, for whatever reason, likes mint in his candy. Uh, we, and so, so i got to welcome him my next member, because I have to ask him a very important question. Of course, we have Ben O'Brien with us today, after a, uh, a little absence. Uh, ben, how are you, first, you know, before I ask you my question?
2: I'm doing well. I'm interested to hear what your question is, because... Nah, I won't say anything. Just go ahead, you can ask me your question.
1: Uh, Trevor and I had a dispute okay. about York okay. peppermint patties. I would like to hear your opinion on York peppermint patties.
2: Oh, man. That's a tough question. Um, if I had to pick either yes or no, I would say no. But I don't hate them. But I'm not going to go out of my way to ever eat one. Um, okay, so
1: York peppermint patties, uh, real quick. Just, just I want everyone to understand. You're going to say this stuff. Uh, that is one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. Nope. I, that, that tastes like trash. Bad taste. It tastes so bad. It's such a good take. It really is a good take. They're not the, bad. a V-take.
2: I just wouldn't prefer them. But I, re- Trevor, I respect let's, it. Let's,
1: let's, let's, uh, Trevor wanted to put your peppermint patties in the S tier, and I, 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 I made a separate a. category a. for Trevor. I think I said
0: A, right? I didn't say
1: S.
2: A is where they should have been.
1: Also, also, Trevor Trevor had like Butterfinger ranked
2: above Crunch. Man. Yeah. What, what do you think Butterfinger is Butterfinger's better than Crunch. I yeah. agree with that. Oh, Crunch.
1: God. What is this take? The, the quality of the chocolate good, in dude. Crunch is... Butterfinger is good. I'm not... It's not a knock on Butterfinger. It's more that Crunch, yeah, is, crunch just is better. Crunch is just kind of average. It, yeah. yeah. No, Crunch is good. It's unique.
0: It's not unique. It's it's like it is very unique. It's chocolate that really isn't even. It's nowhere. It's not comparable to like Hershey's chocolate. It's definitely worse. And then the crunch part. I don't even like the crunch. I don't want the crunch. I personally don't care for
1: it. Well. We'll get by this for today, because we could dispute this eh, as long as time will go. If you want to see the recap, go check out my Twitch stream. It'll be there for like another two weeks, and you can take a look at it. It was a great stream. Highly recommend checking it out. But let's get to some sports talk. Uh, enough about tr- Trevor's trash takes on Peppermint Patties. Great takes. Uh, but let's start off with some college basketball. Trevor, we had so many crazy games in college basketball. I wish I could catch a lot more than I did. Um, but why don't you start us off talking about a couple, you know, recap a couple of games we saw this past week.
0: Oh man, it, it was such a great week. It was feast week. And there, there's just so much that we have to talk about today that we're not going to get to just because well, speed run it. there were so many good things. So yes, that's kind of what we're going to do here. Uh, I'm just going to mention some games, some uh, some results that happened. First one, I'm going to go Purdue They beat Villanova uh, last Sunday, 80 to 74. This was the big, this was a huge game. Purdue ranked number six at the time. Villanova ranked number five. Obviously, since Purdue's win, they have elevated to number three, and they might even rise even more because Purdue's looked very good. They have a talented guard in Jaden Ivy that you know is likely to be a lottery pick. And then obviously Villanova, we know what they do. Coached by Jay Wright, they look very solid, but they did drop this game. Um, so that's just one to mention. Uh, Arizona, they defeated your Michigan Wolverines Brandon, dominated them 80 to 62. Arizona looks very good. They have a lot of talent, a lot of athletic wings, athletic bigs. They play a big lineup. you know, they don't have a ton of guards. And for Michigan, a team who so far has struggled to shoot the ball, it's been tough because Michigan didn't have a lot of spacing in this game. They had trouble getting it to Hunter Dickinson. Uh, You know, some of their guards were having trouble to get it. And when they did get it to Hunter Dickinson, they were trapping him. They were double teaming him, really making life uh, difficult on Hunter Dickinson, who most people expect to be, you know, either a first team All American or a second team All American. Uh, Another game Tennessee defeated North Carolina on Sunday, 89 72. Uh, North Carolina hasn't had a very good start um, so far. I don't even know if they're a top 25 team right now. A couple other ones on Tuesday is what I'm going to go to next. Gonzaga, UCLA, the big game that we were all looking forward to. I talked about it last week on the podcast. Unfortunately, this game was over uh, by the end of the first half. Gonzaga destroyed them. They were on fire from three. Uh, UCLA had trouble defending them. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see with UCLA going forward on the defensive end. Um, because they did struggle in this game against a team like Gonzaga with all that firepower. Uh, you know, can they defend? You know, some of these teams that you know shoot the ball re- really well. You know, have all these different weapons. That's going to be something uh, that UCLA is going to have to get over. But also UCLA did. You know, they were they were kind of cold from the field as well. I expect them overall to play better than that. Um, and a couple more to mention before we actually get in some. You know, a little bit longer form recaps. We had Memphis, who I'm going to talk about Memphis a couple of their games. Memphis did defeat Virginia Tech on Wednesday, 69-61. But they then fell later on Friday night uh, to Iowa State. Um, So far, Amani Bates, you know, he. you definitely see the flashes. You see the the scoring. You know, he'll make the pull-up threes. He had a couple turnaround tough jumpers. But Memphis, as a team, they don't have a point guard. Really, uh, in the in the typical sense, so their offense sometimes looks very chaotic. It doesn't look very organized, and they have Amani Bates bringing down the ball on a lot of these possessions, trying to make him a point guard. When Amani Bates is not a point guard, you know, maybe at this stage, Kevin Durant playing at Texas, maybe Kevin Durant can bring down the ball and he can run an offense. Amani Bates, he's seventeen years old. He he can't do that right now. You know, they're having a lot of turnovers, especially in that Iowa State game. Ton of turnovers for for Memphis. Um, And they struggled against Iowa State, a team who has far exceeded expectations so far. Um, But those were some of the ones I really wanted to mention. Uh, The next one I think I want to go to is, and and obviously we have a Dayton fan here in Ben O'Brien. Dayton pulled the big upset over Kansas. Definitely a game where Kansas struggled, um, you know, here Ben, what were, what were some of your thoughts on this huge upset? Obviously, this was an amazing game. Um, there was, you know, pr- I think it was a buzzer beater. Yeah, it was a buzzer beater or a game winner. And wh- what were your thoughts on this Dayton win?
2: Well, my first thought is, naturally, I think this is officially now the uh, greatest rivalry in all of sports because we've had the last two times these two teams have played, we've had great games. Um, last one in 2019 went to overtime. This one on a buzzer beater. Uh, in general, it's just kind of funny because obviously Dayton's, like, not that good this year. Um, and that's honestly kind of being nice. They're very young. They have 12 freshmen, second-youngest team in the country, um, which is not necessarily an excuse, but it is what it is. Kansas just played terrible. They looked awful. Um, first half, they got a 15. They looked good, but against a team with 12 freshmen, what you, you couldn't do is, like, like if Kansas would have been able to come out in the second half and really just bury Dayton, it would have been like a 20, 25-point game. But they kind of let Dayton hang around. They let Dayton <laughs> go on a big run to tie it up. Um, and you can't give a team like Dayton with all these freshmen – Life because they're they're so young to where if they get down big I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna understand that that they can come back they're just kind of kind of lose confidence because they don't really have confidence built up yet because they played four or five games in college, um, so the fact that they were able to let Dayton hang around um is is not good for Kansas and it, it looked it just was not a good performance for Kansas and the best part about that game was for like two possessions they had one camera on the game and one camera just on Bill Self and he just looked so pissed. For like two minutes straight, you could tell he just had no idea what was going on. Um, he was furious. He was—he kept looking at his assistants like he had no idea what was going on. Like he's like, I don't know what this team is. I don't know who they are. These are not my players. Um, because Dayton tried to 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 uh, to blow the game. They their last 12 possessions. I think they had six turnovers. They tried to blow that game, and Kansas just let them hang around. Um, so honestly, I take more away from. Obviously, again. It's a big win for Dayton. I still, I still think they're not—they're not great. Obviously, it shows their potential, but I think I took more away from Kansas in terms of they have a lot of weaknesses, and that's why you play these games early. Like that, you play these competitive games in November because it's going to hopefully pay off for you in March and April. But I think at this point, Kansas has some concerns. They did not look like a top four team in the country um, on Friday when that game was played, um, and you know they're—they're they're very highly, I guess I don't want to say ranked, but very. Um, highly sought-after point guard in Remy Martin. He did not play well. Um, he, he scored a lot, but just in terms of managing the game as a point guard, he did not look good. So they definitely have some concerns, and obviously, you know, they have some great players, um, but I don't know. I, if I was a Kansas fan, I'd obviously be very upset with that game, and I would have some current some concerns moving forward. Again, this is the time that you'd want to have concerns because it's November. It's not February, March. But I definitely think that they have some questions to that they need to answer before they get into the, to the Big Twelve with teams like Baylor, because the Big Twelve, as we know every year, is a very solid conference, and they're going to have their work cut out for them.
0: Yeah, I think just quickly, the thing that surprised me about this game is that they didn't get the ball to David McCormick more often. I mean, he's supposed to be yeah. like you know one of the best big man in the country. And you only get him six shots, he only has five points, he only had five rebounds. It's like where was David McCormick in this game? He he didn't really do much of anything and that that's kinda of surprising to me. I mean, Kansas definitely does have, you know, some things to work on. Um, I think they're pretty reliant on Ochai I think he's their best player mm-hmm. right now, so Absolutely. it's going to be—he's fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you know how they progress as the season goes on. A lot of teams, you know, that that have a lot of talent, like Kansas. Um, you know, another one is Michigan. Teams that I think by year's end, by March, I think could be really good teams, but right now definitely have some. Uh, things to work on. A couple other things to mention before I get into the, the Duke-Gonzaga game, which I really want to talk about. Um, I want to shout out Ohio State. Uh, they had a buzzer-beater win um, over Seton Hall. Michi Johnson from Garfield Heights. Brandon, you and I went to go watch him in high school mm-hmm. a few years ago. He had a buzzer-beater. man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, a buzzer-beater three uh, to beat Seton Hall. Um, so shout out to him. Ohio State was a good one there. Before they fell on, a, on, a, on a I think, another buzzer-beater to Florida a couple of days later, they lost. Um, but Ohio State, you know, they're in the mix, but they definitely rely on uh, EJ Liddell quite a lot. Other than that, you know, they have some some young talent that could that is going to, I think, develop into some really good players like Michi, Malachi Branham. In mean, a couple years, I think they could be really solid. But right now, uh, very reliant on EJ Liddell, I think, is Ohio State. Um, a couple teams that have really underperformed: Oregon. Oregon has been completely destroyed. In a few of these games, BYU earlier, um, I think they were destroyed again recently. Illinois is another team. Illinois really just not looking even as close to as good as some people thought they were going to be this year. But obviously, they did lose Io Sumo but brought back Andre Curbelo and uh, Kofi Coburn. But, you know, Curbelo hasn't really played very well so far this year. And Illinois just in general, not looking too good. But the big game that I want to talk about is Duke and Gonzaga. Duke defeated Gonzaga 84-81 to 81 on Friday night. This is another late game. I don't mm-hmm. understand why these games are so late. Like, you know, you keep me up until 1 a.m. You know, we're on the East Coast, or at least – and currently I'm on the East Coast time zone. And uh, these games are too late. It's hard to stay up. But uh, I did stay up for it. You know, I, was, I might have dozed off at one point, but I caught the end and definitely caught a big part of this game. And for me, Paolo Bencaro is the best player in college basketball. I mean – Obviously, Drew Timmy was, you know, he's preseason Player of the Year, and maybe he'll still win that award because maybe he ends up having better stats in general. But watching them in a head-to-head matchup, Hallibur Caro is pretty clearly, I think, the best player. He was the best player on that floor, and if he's the best player on a floor with Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy, then to me, he's he's probably got to be the best player in college basketball, uh, just in that first half in particular. He was incredible, uh, making a lot of pull-up threes, driving to the basket, uh, just a lot of NBA moves. It's something that I think we talked about before, and I think right now he is the favorite for number one for the number one pick. Um, Chet Holmgren did have a good game, though. You know, 16 points, 7 rebounds. He was efficient, 8 of 13 from the floor. And I think for Chet, you know, he's not – He's not the offensive player overall that that Palo is right now, and I don't know if he ever will be as good as an offensive player as Palo is. But on defense, he definitely can impact some shots. He definitely, he, he just, you know, comes out of nowhere and makes these uh, spectacular plays every now and then. So Chet still had a really solid showing. I think he's probably got to be the number two pick right now. And uh, this was just a, a joy to watch this game. Duke definitely um, exceeding my expectations in this game, in addition to Palo. They have a great rim protector in Mark Williams, who had five blocks in this one. Um, You know, really solid performance. And with them, I was really worried about their backcourt. But if they have one of the three, if they have either Wendell Moore, Jeremy Roach, or Trevor Keels, if one of them could have a really solid stand-up performance, in this game it was Wendell Moore, then I think they're going to have a chance to win every game that they're in. Um, So Duke looked very solid. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to be ranked number one on Monday. They might be. Um... And they might deserve it after beating Gonzaga. You know, it's really close um, there with some of those teams at the top. But Duke is looking really good so far.
1: Yeah, Duke Duke in this game, I only caught the end of it, but they look really solid. Vantero looks like he's going to be the first overall pick. Um, I, I think you would agree with me on that, Trevor. Um, and he's really shined amongst a lot of great stars in this game. So, very, very high remarks for Duke. If, if they can look this south throughout the year, I mean, we might be seeing, that might have been a preview to the championship game, don't you think, Trevor? I mean, it could be. It's, it's definitely
0: possible. I mean, I think Duke, so they shot 7 of 23 from 3. I think that's one of the things that you can at least look at. And, you know, is Duke going to be a good enough shooting team? Whereas Gonzaga, I think they had a little bit of an off night. They shot... Six for 21, I think consistently Gonzaga's probably going to shoot better than that. Like, overall, Duke won the game, but I think Gonzaga's probably still the better team. Um, but, you know, Duke is definitely in the mix. I think right now they deserve to be, you know, thought of as a top three, top four team in the country.
1: Yeah, 100%. Anything else you can talk about in college basketball before we kind of move on?
0: No, I think that's it. It was just a great week um, with a lot of... Great games, and we have, you know, some some more coming up. I guess I can mention those. We have Duke playing Ohio State on Tuesday, Michigan playing North Carolina. I believe that's on Wednesday, I want to say. And then uh, Gonzaga playing Alabama, who lost to Iona. Big upset there. That game is Saturday, Gonzaga versus Alabama. That could be a big one, too.
1: Yeah, no, we'll we'll for sure have to see. Uh, I'm excited for the Michigan-UNC game. Um, hopefully they can pull off that win. That would be a good win. Let's move to the other college sport. Uh, college, well, main college sport, college football, where we had a lot of great games. I mean, the first one we got to talk about is the Michigan-Ohio State game. i got a little bit of skin in this game as a uh, pretty, relatively big Michigan fan. I- I'd like to say so myself. Um, and a uh, big win, 42-27 Ohio State. First time they've won in, I think it's been 10 years since they've won, 2011, uh, if, if that's correct. Yeah, or I guess technically it's been nine years maybe if that's this would have been the tenth year. Yeah because uh, they didn't play last year. Uh, this was an absolute domination on Michigan's part. I mean this game the score was 4227 I mean that's a pretty big distance 15 points but it, it didn't feel that close at all uh, not even a little bit you know it, it just it, Michigan just seemed to completely overpower Ohio State winning the line of scrimmage battle on both ends of the ball. Uh, running really, really well. Sean Askins had almost 30 carries. He had five touchdowns. Cade McNamara played well enough to win. He's not a great quarterback, so he played well enough to win. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, I, we got to talk about him for a second here. He might be the best player in college football this year. I mean, he was wonderful in this game. He had like three sacks or three and a half sacks or some crazy number like that. I mean, against an Ohio State line that, from my understanding, is pretty solid. Uh, so he's going to be a top five pick in this upcoming draft, but he was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, in this game, Trevor Ben, any thoughts on on the game as people call it?
2: Well, I, I think I think the word domination is probably a, an accurate representation of that game. Michigan was just a better team; they were just a better team, um, and I think that surprised a lot of people. and And they're a good team, but I don't think like I don't think a lot of people would consider, at least before a couple weeks ago, Michigan a top four or five team. And they're gonna no. be a, they're gonna be a, probably a top three team come Tuesday. Um, but they looked really good, and you know, like you said, Hutchinson looked great. Um, their offense could not be stopped, and I think that was a concern with Ohio State all year, and their two losses, their defense was, I mean, their defense couldn't get a stop when it mattered. Um, but Michigan just looked really, really good, and, and credit to Jim Harbaugh. I've said this before, I, I don't necessarily like Jim Harbaugh, but I think he's a good coach, and I'm glad he got this win because, one, he needed it, um, and two, I, I think it, it's obviously it's great for him in terms of his career when you can out-coach Ryan Day um because ryan day is a fantastic coach and i've seen some slander on ryan day in the last i don't know 20-ish hours um based on this game i have to point out that ryan day is still a fantastic coach i should not i don't think you should take anything away from ryan day in terms of how great of a coach he is based on this one game but he did get out coached by jim harbaugh um and it just is what it is again i i would have i don't i mean i don't really have a, a you know a say in this or i don't have any skin in this game but um it was, it was fun to watch. It was, it was awesome to see that stadium rocking like that. And I've said, I said this when Jim Harbaugh got hired. I was so happy when he got hired because it is so much better for, one, this rivalry, two, the Big Ten, and three college football mm-hmm. in-hole in, when Michigan is good. And it was, it was nice to see. It was cool to see Michigan have a big win like that that we really haven't seen in a long time.
1: Yeah. No, it really was just, like, such a, an amazing win. I mean, the whole time I just, like, couldn't believe what was happening. I would have never predicted uh, this type of game at all. Uh, Trevor, any thoughts on the game before we move on to uh, some different games? Yeah,
0: just to add to what you guys said, the biggest difference uh, was... You know, the war in the trenches, Michigan dominated, I think, on both sides. Their defensive line won the battle over Ohio State's offensive line, and their offensive line won the battle over Ohio State's defensive line. That was the difference um, in the game, and when you win both of those, you're, you're going to win a lot of games. I mean, Hassan Haskins, like you said, he had five touchdowns, 169 rushing yards. Just comparing the rushing yards in totality, Michigan had 297 rushing yards to Ohio State's 64. That's a gigantic difference. Um, and that just kind of outlines, um, you know, the, the the, the lineman, the offensive lineman versus defensive lineman matchup, and the fact that Michigan won both of those. Um, so big game for Michigan. Um, obviously, you know they had that great start, and it's like, all right, you know things are going wrong for Ohio State, but it's still early. And then McNamara threw that interception in a triple coverage, which was a horrible throw. And after that, I was like, all right, maybe it'll flip now. Maybe Ohio State will get the momentum. But that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. Michigan, you know, continued to kind of dominate in a sense, especially in that second half when they just completely, uh, just Haskins really kind of took over.
1: And I I just saw a thing that uh, PFF caught up on Tway, that Ian Hutchinson had 15 quarterback pressures against Ohio State. which that I mean, that's a... Crazy, crazy number for one game. Let alone, I mean, a whole season that'd be a good number. Let alone one game. Uh, so that's that's it's just insane uh, what happened. We'll move on. Uh, Trevor, any any other game here you want to talk about? I mean, we had Alabama, Auburn. That was a good game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, we could we can
0: mention them. I know I know Ben caught more of the Bama uh, Auburn game, so maybe he could he could talk about that a little bit more. But just the fact that this game went into four overtimes, this is now another close call for Alabama, and they they keep winning them so. Like, that's what matters, like, the the fact that they keep winning them. um, But now they have Georgia in the SEC Championship game, and that game's going to be tough. And based on, you know, I mean, they already have a loss, right? So they have a loss. They've had these close calls. If they lose to Georgia, I don't anticipate that they'll be getting in the college football playoff with two losses um, compared to some of these other one-loss teams, especially with the close calls now. Maybe before, if they were completely dominating all these teams, you can argue that, like, if they play Georgia close and still lose, maybe they can out, you know, a Notre Dame or an Oklahoma State for a spot. But after what's been happening the past couple of weeks, I think that argument is a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be the case, especially if Georgia destroys them. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I thought from that game. And then obviously the Oklahoma State OU game. Oklahoma State pulled that one out, and now they have a big Big Twelve championship coming
2: up.
1: Yeah, so uh, Ben, anything you want to talk about on Alabama Auburn quickly? Yeah, yeah, just,
2: and, and I, 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 caught the last—I don't know, maybe six, seven minutes of regulation and then the overtimes. A, a big thing with that game was Auburn being a six and five team. They just were not able to finish and close out the game, and that's what I mean. Good teams have to be able to, to close out games, and they're just—they're just not that good of a team, honestly. I mean, that was Auburn's game to lose, and they—they they lost it. I mean, um, they had the ball, got the ball with a minute and a half left, roughly. Um, on the 50-yard line, and the you know the one play, the running back's unable to get out of bounds, which saves Alabama roughly 40 seconds that they wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten because they would have had to let, let the clock run down. They got a punt. Alabama is able to drive down the field 90 you know plus yards and score with 20 seconds left, something like that. Um, and at that point, you knew Alabama was going to win. So definitely some questions for Alabama in that game. They should not have been hanging. I don't care that it was in it was you know at Auburn in a hostile environment. You're playing a 6-5 and five Auburn team without their starting quarterback. Alabama had no business losing that game. Um, and the fact that they honestly probably should have lost that game is definitely concerning. And I think it's kind of been the narrative all year. This is just not as good of an Alabama team as I think we're used to. They're still good. I'm not saying they're not good. But they had a questionable loss to Texas A&M, who, again, is a ranked team, but not a game they should have lost. Um, and they should have lost this game. So, I definitely think they have some questions that, you know, they got to figure out, and they got to figure them out quickly because they got a Georgia team that I think no no normal person would ever say that they are not the best team. Like, if you're a rational college football fan, you understand that Georgia is probably not only the best team, but by a decent margin, the best team in this country. Um, so Auburn or not Auburn, excuse me, Alabama definitely has to figure some stuff out because they got a Georgia team that is not going to uh, lay down, and they're not going to do Alabama any favors come next week in the SEC championship game.
1: It's gonna be a hard game and a really really fun game to watch. Um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see. But let's move on over to professional sports and we'll start in the NBA. Uh, maybe Trevor will give out an award or two. Um, but Trevor, we, you know, we got we got the Suns streaking it up. Uh, a great game on Tuesday coming up. So you know, what's what's been happening in the NBA?
0: Yeah, so we're gonna do this quick today. Um, the biggest thing to to I think the biggest story is that the Phoenix Suns have now extended their win streak to sixteen games. They've won sixteen in a row. They've been incredible um, you know just in every way. Uh, they just beat the Brooklyn Nets uh, the other night you know they're finding a way to win when the games are close and they've just looked um, exceptional and now coming up they have a game on Tuesday uh, on TNT against the Warriors who the Warriors are at 70, are at 17 and two still with the best record in the league Phoenix Suns are right behind them at 17-3 so these are currently uh, by record at least and, and maybe not just by record, maybe just in general. You could argue that these are the two best teams, Um, and they will be playing on Tuesday night in Phoenix, Uh, definitely a game to be watching out for, and that uh, translates, that goes, I guess, as a good transition, that goes right to my small bowler player of the week, and that is going to Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker has been really good uh, this past week over the past four games in particular, uh, this stretch. Um... Last night against Brooklyn in their win, 113-107, to 107, he had 30 points, uh, 4 assists. He shot 67% from 3, 50% from the field overall. Uh, you look at the game before that against the Knicks, he had 32 points, shooting 52% before that. 35 against the Cavs, shooting 67%. Before that, he had 23 against the Spurs. All in, uh, well, with the exception of the next game, that one was a blowout, but the other ones all within six points or less. Devin Booker really, um, you know, finding ways to score, being efficient um, in the ways that he scores. So Devin Booker is playing very well. Um, a couple other names just to mention. I'm going to mention Anthony Edwards again because he had an insane dunk um, against my Miami Heat. 33 points, 14 rebounds. Um, he's been very good. And then Tyler Hero. I don't know if I've mentioned him yet. Uh, Probably in one of these podcasts the past couple weeks I've mentioned it, but Tyler Hero, the favorite for sixth man of the year, it still seems, is playing very well, and the Heat are looking pretty good, you know, things to work on for sure, there's some inconsistencies there, but uh, the Heat are looking pretty good, and Tyler Hero's um, growth has been a big reason for that.
1: Gosh a very, very interesting I feel like Devin Booker shouldn't be qualified for a small baller award. What? Well, like I feel like he's passed it. He's too good. Well I gave it to Steph Curry last week. I know, it's the same thing. <laughs> Trevor, what's up with your awards? Well, well, what's going there on? There was
0: no one else there was no one else to give it other than Steph Curry. It had to be him for as well as he was playing. And then this week I think it's the same thing. I think Devin Booker is on that level where, you know, he's helping extend this win streak. I just think it has to be Devin Booker. Like, I already gave it to Anthony Edwards once. You couldn't make an argument for him with his play. You could make an argument for Tyler Hero. But Devin Booker, the way he's been playing, the way he's been scoring, I think it it had to be Devin Booker.
1: All right. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, Let's get to our last major sport here today, which is the NFL. Um, So interesting headlines we had last week. Uh, Let's start off with Matt Nagy, the Bears' head coach. Ben, do you think he gets fired – during the season he'll be fired after the season no not during
2: it. the season no way because the bears don't fire coaches during the season it's just not what they do i don't think they've ever done it um if they have it's been a while but i do not think he will be the coach next year for the chicago bears i just they're 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 a mess and you know he's got this new toy in justin fields that they really couldn't keep healthy and it doesn't seem like he's in the best position to succeed so i can't imagine that he will be there next season but i do not think he will be fired during the season i think they will wait until afterwards so
1: no, I mean there's not much more to say on that. I'm gonna switch the <laughs> subjects. I agree with you. Uh, Matt Nagy just sucks as a coach. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, the Cowboys have lost now at least two straight. I mean, last week 19 to nine versus the Chiefs. Uh, this Thanksgiving they lost to the Raiders 36 33. I know you're not as high on the Raiders, but I do think the Raiders are good. What do you think's happening with the uh, the Cowboys?
0: Yeah. So I mean, part of it, I I think it's it's fine to attribute at least some of it to injuries. But the thing is, is that so many teams have injuries. Uh, and so many teams have a lot of injuries, and, you know, some teams are adjusting better than others, but the Cowboys, that, that has been one of the reasons they've struggled, but the other big reason is that their defense just always, I felt, I, I kind of always felt was going to slip, to some degree at least, you know, I never really thought it was going to hold up help, hold up with all the interceptions they were they were getting with, you know, Trevon Diggs, and just like the consistency that they had had of forcing turnovers, I, I didn't necessarily think they could mm-hmm. do that. And you know we're seeing that now. The Raiders put up 36 points on them on uh, Thursday Thanksgiving, and uh, you know it's definitely a little bit of an issue. And Dak, he's he still looked he did still look pretty good in this game for sure, um, but not playing at maybe quite the same level. And I think part of it maybe is recovering from the injury. Maybe it'll just take some time. And not having obviously you know two of his best receivers, probably his two best, uh, definitely hurts as well. Um, so part of it is the injuries. You know, to some of the receivers, a couple of the defensive players. um, But, you know, that combined with, I think, a little bit of regression in the uh, defense for the Cowboys. They're still one of the best, you know, four or five teams in the NFC. But uh, I don't think anyone should be calling them, you know, the Super Bowl favorites or the best team in the NFC. I don't think that's uh, accurate at all, really.
1: Yeah, they're not looking great. They are not looking great at all. Um, but so let's let's move on here to uh, games we're excited about. We got a lot of good games uh, this week. There's definitely tons to be excited for. Um, so let's start off. Ben, what game are you most excited for this week?
2: Well, I mean, not to be biased, but I do think Bengals-Steelers would be a good game. Um, I'm excited for that. Honestly, I'm excited for, for, Ravens, for Ravens-Browns as well. I think that'll be a, a very good game, and obviously it's the primetime game tonight. Um, but I, I'm excited for that game. Um, obviously for AFC North implications, but just in general, I think Maybe I'm stealing your thunder here, Brandon, by talking about the Ravens. But I think both teams have stuff to prove. They do. Um, The Ravens are trying to prove that they're the best team in the the AFC North and that their record um, shows that and that maybe that loss to the Dolphins is not who they are. Um, And the Browns are trying to show that they are this contender, even though they haven't shown that their first 11 games this year. Um, So I'm very excited for that game. Um, Honestly, I'll just leave leave those two. I don't want to take any games from you guys. So basically the the, the two AFC North games I'm very excited for, I, I think. They've said this before. The AFC North is the only team with, with all four teams above five hundred, And I think these two games tonight will definitely have some important implications moving forward in this division.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is one of the better weeks of football. We're going to have a lot of close games. I and mean, even if you just go down and look at like the lines of all the games, they're all super close. A um, lot of great games. Titans, Patriots. I mean, you said steelers, steelers Bengals, great game. Colts, Buccaneers. Going to be a really good game. This is a game the Bucks can really prove how good they are because the Colts are a very solid football team. Of course, Ravens and Browns. Uh, I'm not super high on this game for my Ravens. I think they might get clobbered. Uh, Baker Mayfield or not, I think the Browns, rest of the Browns team, might be a little too dominant for them. But you know, we'll have to see. Rams Packers at four o'clock is going to be great. Trevor, what game are you most excited for before we get into our predictions? So,
0: um, I'll I'll take all the bias away. I think I think the best game is probably Rams-Packers, just in terms of like, you know, obviously this is a big game in the NFC in general. These are two of the best teams in the NFC, and you know, Matthew Stafford, like, you know, he's been a little banged up. You know, can can the Rams kind of bounce back here? Obviously the Packers, I, I still don't think we know if Aaron Jones is playing. I don't know if that's came out. Maybe one of you guys have seen that, but I'm not sure if he's playing, that's uh, very important for them as the Packers. As good as we know Aaron Rodgers is, the Packers have been a, a pretty, I think, run-heavy team this year in comparison to years past because of how good their running game has been, how good their offensive line has been. Um, a little less reliant on Aaron Rodgers, um, which has made their offense still really good, just you know a different uh, style of offense, I would say, for the Packers. Um, and then the Rams, I still think they're very solid, but you, know, you look at the injuries, you look at some of the past couple games there is a cause for concerns um but i do think that is the best game of of this uh week
1: yeah that i it's got to be up there it's got to be one of the better ones all right let's get to our predictions uh who won what, what were the predictions last week i don't even remember
0: yeah so last week i got a point um i predicted that the chiefs would win by seven they won by 10 points so now ben still has the lead ben has four points but i have now taken second place with three and brandon
1: you have two points very nice. All right, so, uh, Ben, why don't you start today? What game will you be predicting?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go Chargers-Broncos uh, game in Denver. I don't know the weather. Uh, oh, it says right here. Look at that, ESPN coming in clutch. 54 degrees, so the weather is not going to matter in, in Denver. But um, Broncos are at 5-5. Five and five. That I do not think that record shows how bad they are. They are not a good football team. The Chargers have struggled as of late, but I do think Justin Herbert's a good quarterback as much as I don't necessarily like him. Um, I still think Brandon Staley's a great coach. They have a good team. I think the Chargers are going to win this game by double digits. They're a three-point favorite. I think they easily cover that. I'll say Chargers by—we'll uh, say 12. Chargers by 12.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: Interesting. So
1: you're not really going for the exact prediction there. 12 is a weird one.
2: I, know, I was going to go 10, 30. but I, I feel like I do 10 a lot, so I'm going to make it 12. I don't know, Who knows? 32-20, right. something like that.
1: Interesting. Um, so I've been going bold recently, and I'm going to continue this streak. We have Eagles at Giants. Uh, game's are going to be a little bit on the colder side, 38 degrees. Um, And it's going to be a heavy running game. Justin Hurts, Saquon Barkley. Jason Garrett is now out of there. He is gone. I am so happy. And the Giants take advantage without Jason Garrett. I think the Giants win by three points. Very close game, but I'll take the Giants by three. And this is an underdog game, so I want none of you guys saying, oh, he just takes the biggest line. (laughs) Shut up. I don't. I'm, I'm going against the odds again. Uh, I got Giants by three. All right. Trevor, why don't you wrap it up?
0: Now I think you're sacrificing your points because um, I think the Eagles might win that game. But uh, uh, I'm going with the Texans and Jets game. Um, the Jets Ooh. have not. <laughs> oh, what a terrible <laughs> I, game. I just never can trust the Jets and he, the Texans. With Tyrod, I don't think Tyrod is that bad. I think he's, you know, decent when he's in the lineup They at least look a little, you know, frisky here. They can win a couple games. They did beat the Titans. I have the Texans winning this game by 10 points.
2: Now, Trevor, let me ask you this real quick. And be honest with me. I'm going to call you out. Do you plan on watching this game?
0: Oh no. Huh? Oh no way. Okay, good. I just <laughs> wanna make sure because
2: that game is terrible. I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I can't be imagine watching that one either. And if Brandon, if you're gonna watch Red Zone, I promise you you're probably not gonna see a whole lot of highlights from that game because those are two ugly teams. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a terrible yeah. game.
0: I mean it's also right next to the, the Patriots and Titans are playing at the same time and the Bucks and the Colts are playing at the same time. And the Bengals Steelers. Those all three of those games yeah. are way better oh. than that one.
2: And, and Trevor, another 1 o'clock game, Falcons-Jags. Ugh, two ugly uh, games right yeah, there.
0: Yeah, not a good one either.
1: Not not what I, I want to watch. Uh, not, I'm, I won't be watching that game at all. No. Um, no but I, I think we'll I think we'll wrap up the episode there for today. So thank you all so much for listening. A little bit of a shorter one today, but nothing wrong with that. Of course, we'll be back next Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of the Small Baller Podcast to go over the past week in sports just like we did today. Uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast and leave that 5-star review if you enjoyed it. Um, we do have a Twitter. Go follow the Twitter at the Small Baller, or click the link in the description so you know when all of our podcasts go live. With uh, that being said, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!